It's time to get out of the guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, the coach, Coach Gordon Chiesa. Coach Chiesa, happy Monday. How are you? I felt better over the last uh, few days, but uh, I'm getting through it right now. That was a very disappointing uh, game and series against the Clippers. And I heard you guys just entry about that is that uh, the Clippers, they united themselves by Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka not being there. The roles are more defined. So Reggie Jackson is the starter at point guard. Paul George was a facilitator, wingman, who would score the ball, pass, rebound, and then Beverly played uh, good as far as he's the backup point guard. And then all the other guys, Marcus Morris, um, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, they all contributed, and Nicholas Platoon, and they, they, were, they were united as far as what they tried to do against the Jazz. Very impressive in that point of view. So, Gordy, how would you describe what we saw both in the first half and then in, in the second half of Game 6? Because they were night and day. Yeah, night and day, and it's all based on defensively. Is that So the Jazz were able to do a good job the first half of ball containment, and they made, obviously, all those crazy threes, and Donovan was going crazy, and uh, so was Jordan Clarkson in the second quarter. And then at halftime... It was the opposite, where the Jazz tried to keep shooting that one or two pass jump shot or dribble drive to the basket, and the defense went from competitive to non-existing. And they created so many long closeouts that it was impossible to guard on perimeter, and Terrence Mann had a -a once-in-a-lifetime game. And, Gordon, to think about... I feel a bad for Rudy was that it wasn't Rudy all the time. It was that it's everybody collectively that they couldn't ball contain, and whoever was in full rotation was late getting there. And the Clippers had a shot with confidence, and then Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson, they had the knockout punches as far as when he didn't shoot threes. He took the ball to the basket to basically an open rim. Sorry, Jake. Let me just follow up on that. Jake and I were talking earlier, Gordy, about how Rudy gets blamed for a lot of those situations. Will you please explain to our listeners why it's not, you know, it's not his fault in entirety? Oh, very much. No, and your you point, Jake. You guys' points are well taken. Was that like all players? Is that? Could there be one time where you, you could have rotated quicker and get that contest hand? The answer is sure. That's everybody in creation of basketball. But when you get beat off the dribble consistently, and it was by everybody, it creates such a long recovery route and that when the ball was kicked out to the corner, whoever was there was late. Unfortunately, that uh, ESPN kept on showing Rudy's um, sequences versus pre-shot values of getting beat off the dribble. So it was Donovan, it was Joe Ingles, it was uh, Boyan Bondanovich, it was Jordan Clarkson, it was, uh, it was all those guys that get Michael Conley. They all got beat off the dribble by Reggie Jackson or by Kawhi Leonard, Nichols Platoon, and that, that created such a impossible long closeouts. Coach, is there anything at all the Jazz could have done differently to guard that corner three better in the second half in game six? 
Well, what you want to do is some of the time, believe it or not, go zone. Because when you play zone, even though shooting the ball uh, with a lot of accuracy, very similar when the Clippers go against the uh, plays, uh, uh, the Jazz, a zone defense, it slows the Jazz down. What it does, though, Jake, for those corner threes is that there's already a defined player that's uh, we call it the pro line, is going to go to the corner to challenge. So it's defined versus scramble defense. When you get beat off the dribble so quickly and consistently that you're it's not really a closeout defense. It's absolutely scrambling. And, Jake, you're saying, uh, you're almost praying that the shot would be missed. Terrence Mann, to his credit, did not uh, cooperate. So all that being said, Gordy, uh, Jake and I have been talking about it. I wrote a column about it. But I'm interested in your opinion. What do the Jazz lack right now that they need to fulfill their dream of, of uh, maybe getting into an NBA Finals? So – the offseason priority should be as far as getting primitive defenders, multiple, and athletic wing scores. So just think about Gordon and Jake. The Jazz, the way it's built, and, there are, and so the foundation is there. Now you've got to see visually to tweak it. The Jazz, uh, Gordon, just like in the NFL, you need defensive playmakers. So the Jazz really don't have a defensive playmaker. They have a, a shot blocker in Rudy, absolutely. I'm talking about perimeter because there's more shots in perimeter taken than there are as far as at the rim level. So the Jazz got to address that. So you might have to sacrifice an element of offensive knockdown shooting ability to acquire one or two defensive playmakers where they can guard the ball. Remember now is that the Jazz – defensively, just collectively now, in the regular season, so that's the metric right now, it's even worse than the playoffs, the Jazz were 30th in the NBA, last place in forcing turnovers. Last, number 30. They only averaged 11 turnovers per game as far as forcing. They were 29th in steals. Only the Dallas Mavericks was worse. So that's the metrics that tell us about, this, about, about how the roster is, the roster is, is uh, constructed. Now, who do you get to what? Make those numbers go down dramatically. Okay, Donovan Mitchell, I'm going to guard the ball better. Jordan Clarkson, I'm going to really try to compete, get up into the dribbler. I get it. So that's internal growth. But besides that, you have to have other guys that give you a jump start, that that's what they do very well, and sacrifice slightly for one or two guys. Oh, by the way, I shoot streaky versus what? I'm always knocked down. Coach Gordon Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Coach, they had locker room clean-out and exit interviews on Saturday. If, if you were uh, – I guess what do you think – no, let me put it this way. If you were in that room talking to Rudy Gobert and telling Rudy what uh, he needs to focus on this offseason, what, what might you say to him? Well, besides giving him a hug, because, again, <laughs> I know that it's just so traumatic for him. That guy plays hard. So think about it, Jake. Most guys don't play hard, especially big guys. This guy plays hard. So the very basic premise is that's good. Now, offensively, what Rudy's got to attempt to do is – get stronger in his um, lower body so that he can hold position so every once in a while he can take that sweeping uh, middle running hook shot or up and under where you fake up and step through the defense. And so 
They work at it all the time in practice, which is commendable, but they've got to try to do it in a game. And if he misses a shot or two or three, don't um, not go to him. So he's got to be able to score the ball just slightly more uh, on his own initiative versus just being a recipient scorer, meaning what? Jake and Gordon, lob pass. I penetrate, lob pass to the rim, or broken play scoring, or on that high pick and roll, he, he rim rolls. He puts so much stress on the defense. Remember, the Clippers, what they did is that they tight switched. They kept Platoon or Marcus Morris on Rudy's body, and that took away what? All those lob options. And when they played uh, zone defense, it took Donovan some of the time out of that elite pick and roll offensive game. So Rudy's got to be able to score the ball more on his own initiative and maybe get slightly more range. I don't mean like 20-foot range. I mean like 14, 15-foot range that you have an elbow jump shot, you stick it. Okay, Gordy, so the same thing, your advice and counsel for Donovan Mitchell. Work on defense because he's an elite scorer. So what happens, that's the maturation of a player. So now Donovan is absolutely a tremendous player. Here's his quick numbers as far as going. I'll just give it to you before I give you the defensive part of it. He averaged his playoffs 32.3 points per game, 43.5 from threes, 82.9 three-throw percentage, 5.5 assists, 4.2 rebounds, and more importantly, he made every clutch shot that they needed. That's the most important thing. Okay, but by the way, we got knocked out first, uh, second round, and last year first round. So I've got to get better myself of guarding Reggie Jackson-type players. So, the, you know, people say all the time, well, a lot of times elite scorers, they, they, sac- they uh, sacrifice their defense. Okay, that's somewhat true because of the energy level. But in the fourth quarter, it's irrelevant. In a, in a one-possession game, like, for example, when the Jazz were down or up three to start the fourth quarter in a knockout game, all the players, now just collective, should say, I don't care if I'm in foul trouble. I don't care this. I'm going to do unbelievable defensively, stay in my stance, move my feet, use my chest, use, uh, use my arms as far as not contact, but fl- a flick hand, the ball contained. And that's what Donovan's got to attempt to do better and more consistently. Kenny, absolutely. And you, because he's, he's the team leader. You're the, in the fourth quarter, you want to be a defensive playmaker besides being a what? An offensive what? Juggernaut. Coach, uh, we're now on to the conference finals. Who do you like in the West and who do you like in the East? In the East, I like the Bucks because they've suffered so much. Very similar to Clippers, matter of fact. They suffered so much the last few years, and they they got they're developing a resolve internally in the locker room. And Giannis is absolutely a, a terrific player, and he he has taken taken over games in the uh, in the fourth quarter. And Gordon, just to add to that, the Clippers. Um, won back-to-back series 0-2, and then the Bucks also 0-2 as far as being down, uh, as far as the, uh, a deficit. This is the first time in NBA history that three series were, were won by the team that was down 0-2. So Giannis is a huge part of that, and that triple-double he got in Game 7 on the road was one for the ages. So I, I, like, I like the Bucks beating the Hawks 
four games to two, and the Hawks are an unbelievable story. Those guys play hard. They have unbelievable. They have incredible coaching by Ned McMillan. Out here in the West, I like the Phoenix Suns because Devin Booker again, Devin Booker, alias uh, George, uh, excuse me, alias Donovan Mitchell, has, has made that slight revelation that he, I'm an unbelievable scorer, but I'm going to guard my position, and that's what I like about him. And I, when they get Chris Paul back off the um, COVID-19 protocol, that there'll be there'll be a force. But I, I like the the Suns uh, beating the um, the Clippers four games to two. So, Gordy, I want you to put your front office hat on for a minute and tell me, what do you do with free agent Mike Conley? Okay, add to this now. So part of that conversation, I'll read to you just ten names, and then, Jake, you and uh, Gordon, you you give me an answer that you guys think. Uh, Here's the ten, we'll say, better free agents as far as point guard out there. I'll, I'll give you 11 names. Here we go. Kendrick Nunn. Victor Oladipo, who's slightly injured with that quadricep, Dennis Schroeder, T.J. McConnell, Reggie Jackson, the Clippers, Mike Conley of the Jazz, Derek Rose of the Knicks, Lonzo Ball of the Pelicans, Kyle Lowry of the Raptors, and then player options, $27 million, Drew Holiday of the Bucks, and then Chris Paul, $44.2 million of the Suns. So before you say we do it with, um, with Mike Conley, who are you going to get to replace him, and what's the economics of it? That so is the big question, yeah, right? So, so we're in that group right now. So if you do like Mike Conley, it's a short contract. This is me as a front office guy, formerly Memphis Grizzlies, that I'm giving Mike Conley no more than two years, two years, because he still can play. So don't you know, he got hurt? He was hurt with the uh, with the injury in the playoffs. But he can still play, and he plays in locked up with Donovan Mitchell. So two years, I would try to. And I know with people right now, it's a lot of money when I say this, but I try to get him between twelve to fifteen million dollars a year. But if I do that, then I'm going to address who the backup point guard is, because if Michael Conley does get hurt, because he's a quote aging, but he still has game. Just as important who the backup point guard is. So then I'm getting somebody, Gordon, to segue. I'm getting a defensive point guard. I'm getting somebody that can guard the ball as an element of shooting, but his sole purpose is to guard the ball. So they're gonna, I'm going to try to sign Jake, either Elfrey Payton or Ish Smith, either or as the backup. And so if they don't shoot straight, I know that, but I'm gonna do it. they're going to guard the ball better. So that's a two-way part of the answer. Courtney, so uh, let me ask you a question about that list of names you just gave us. Aside from the money, which I know is obviously a big part of the decision-making, but who right now currently on that list is the best player? For the Jazz, the best player overall. Uh, Okay, let's do it for the Jazz. Reggie Jackson. If you if the if the Clippers don't want to give him the money, Reggie Jackson would be because he fits that he can he can guard and he can score, and he's young. And if you can't get that, him, how much would that cost? Okay, that exactly, and that's what, that's when it gets so interesting. But Reggie Jackson is a command because because of his player performance, whether it's Clippers or everyone else in the league, he's in command. Roughly twenty five million to start. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, again, it's a, a lot tough of dilemma. Yeah. No, it's absolutely a dilemma. And I rem- remember now, Rudy's contract is kicking in, and so is Donovan Mitchell. And the Jazz is smart. Jazz has some great contracts, again, relatively speaking. So I know when we, we say these numbers, like people are driving around on uh, I-15 saying, that's an incredible amount of money. It is. And it is. But in the basketball world, it's um, business as usual. That's the, way, that's the way it's structured right now. So you can't think like in the real world. This is, this is make-believe somewhat. So again, Jake, a huge factor, Jake, is who the backup guy is going to be. Also, if you don't, if you, TJ McConnell could be a guy that elites, he's a, he's a uh, top eight in the NBA in steals, playing only half the game. So again, but he's slightly less talented, but he has, he's big-hearted, so he can play. He, he has never started for the, uh, never started for the Pacers, but, but, but it's possible that if you like him enough that he could be a starter for the Jazz but you've got to get other guys around him. They have Donovan Mitchell. So he could play as far as in lockstep with, Don, with Donovan, who's uh, we, we know is an, uh, is an elite scorer, and he's a franchise once-in-a-lifetime player. So I, I do like Mike Conley at two years. I dislike him at three. Absolutely. So I, and again, it gets a little interesting, Gordon and Jake. Oh, by the way, the exact same agent that Mike Conley has is the agent for Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal, Ty Sullivan of CAA Sports. So now it gets a little bit interesting with, with the other clients. Well, it should be a fascinating offseason. And, Coach, we appreciate you jumping on with us, as always. Jake, I have one more. I have just a list. You want to go through this list quick? Oh, good, good. Yeah, oh, I thought the, the point guards were the list. I apologize, Coach. What's our list today? Okay, list today. <coughs> NBA all-time career point leaders in playoffs. Top 10 all-time career leaders. Number 10. Tony Parker of the Spurs, 4,045 points, 17.9 points per game. Number nine, playing right now, he lost on Saturday night, Kevin Durant, 4,454. He averaged for his career in playoffs 29.5. Number eight, Jerry West, 4,457, averaged for his career 29.1. Number seven, we had the pleasure to coach him. All the jazz fans love him. Carl Malone, 4,761. He averaged for his career 24.7 points per game. Number six, Mr. Fundamental, Tim Duncan, 5,172, 20.6 points per game. Number five, Shaquille O'Neal, 5,250, 24.3 points per game. Number four, Kobe Bryant, 5,640, 25.6 points per game. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 5,762. He averaged for his career 24.3 points per game. Number two, Michael Jordan, 5,987. Michael averaged 33.4 points per game. And number one all-time career point leader in NBA history, he's playing right now for the L.A. Lakers, LeBron James, 7,631. He's averaged 28.7 points per game. Quickly, Donovan Mitchell, let's hope someday he'll join that exclusive group and be in a top ten. As of right now, Donovan in 33 playoff game. He has a career 952 points, averaging 28.8 
points per game. So he's on track without, God forbid, injuries, et cetera, et cetera, that he will be, Lord willing, he's uh, pointing in that direction, top 10. Mm, wow. It's impressive. I mean, yeah. What Donovan's done is absolutely impressive. He's a, he's a once-in-a-lifetime performer, and now that's that next step of his uh, growth right now is about defensively, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, his, uh, his trusted sidekicks also. Yep. Well, Coach, you're the best. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, who jumps on with us every week here on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.